Is it piece of chain? Or Tao Te Ching? It's the Arrow Wong podcast series. The number one Apple business and number four entrepreneurship podcast. Speaking from Hong Kong. Communication with oneself, communication with others. Either it's one-on-one or doing public speaking before 1,000 people. It's very crucial in terms of personal development because communication enhances our relationship with ourselves and at the same time with the people that are around us. In this episode, I'm honored to have Brandon Komisari, the founder and CEO of Master Talk, a coaching business he started to help a business executive and business owners become top 1% communicators in the industry so that they can accelerate their success in the workplace and companies. He also hosts a successful YouTube channel by the same name with over 25,000 subscribers. Brandon has a firm belief in his own words. I believe the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford a communication coach. So it's my duty to help her succeed with my free resources. Without further ado, let's turn into our conversation with Brandon Komisari. Hey, Brandon, welcome to the show. Arrow, the pleasure is mine, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I think to kick off this session, uh, I would like the audience to know you are the founder of Master Talk. You coach ambitious executive and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicated in the industry. I would like to start off with a question. Why billionaire Warren Buffett says the one skill of public speaking will boost one's career value by 50%? I would like to hear your perspective. Absolutely. You know, Warren Buffett says it all the time, Arrow, that the best investment he ever made was in a public speaking course. But the reason is because communication is a high income skill. So in the context of a job, it helps us get a promotion at work because a lot of leadership roles that pay more money, well, you need to know how to lead teams. You need to know how to communicate. If you're in business and you know how to communicate more effectively, you can get more sales. You can go on podcasts like this, attract more people towards your brand. But there's one thing that Warren doesn't talk about that I would love to add, which is it's a lot more than just money. Communication is every moment of our life era. It's the way that we talk to our families. It's the way that we hang out when I visit Hong Kong. It's the way that we order food at a restaurant. And when we realize that communication is so much more than the bottom line, it's about leading a more fulfilling life, that's when we take it more seriously. So the question I always start with, Arrow, hmm. is how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Really dream about your communication, you'll get the result. Huh. Mm, is that the context you set uh, for your students, because I know you coach many people from top companies like Salesforce, Amazon, IBM, Morgan Stanley, the list go on and on. Uh, when people, when students like this come to you, is that the context you always set for them uh, at the very beginning? Beautiful question. I love this, man. Yeah, so, so there's two parts to that. So in coaching, we always say, Arrow, you hmm. sell them what they want and you give them what they need. So what that means is, yes, a lot of people buy the coaching program because they want to make more money, right? They want to get the next promotion. But what they actually need to get better at communication is not just one or two exercises. It's a complete reframing of what they actually value communication for. So generally what happens, because I was the same, by the way, I didn't start communication because I wanted to be a Jesus here, right? I I wanted to be a management consultant. That was my goal to work at McKinsey 
or Bain uh. or BCG, a lot of these firms. So I went to business school and I did these case competitions, which are kind of like professional sports, but for nerds. The University of Hong Kong, HKO is a massive case competition school as an example. Or, But the key is, is I did it to get a job. I didn't really do it to get uh, to change the world. But communication helped me get better at, at sorry case competitions help me get better at speaking and then that is what i used to change the world after so what you'll often find era and feel free to follow up on this mm -hmm. is that people join a program to get or yeah. they listen to a podcast to make more money but then they realize that it's so much more than that they argue less with their wife <laughs> is one of them got it so you know your students better than they do uh you sell them what they want but you give them what they need so what do you, what do they actually want and what do you actually give them mm. so what they want is mm. usually more money mm. in their bottom line more confidence right that internal feeling Yes. of knowing that they can go into any boardroom any presentation and and do really well and the third one is more impact right in the world a lot of them are thought leaders as well right they want to do better on podcasts they want to be able to communicate an idea mm -hmm. so what is it that we give them and i'm happy to, to give it here mm -hmm. right and and the key is there's no silver bullet to communication it's hardcore mm -hmm. drilling right oh, so my approach is very tough love it's very, let's do the random word exercise, which we'll talk about. Let's do all of these exercises so that you don't just feel confident, you are confident because you earned it, right? Dan Henry says it best. Competence leads to confidence era, yes. right? So when you have that competence, it leads to confidence. So what does that look like? So I'll give you kind of my, my three easy exercises. Mm -hmm. So the first one is the random word exercise. So you pick a random word, like question mark, like headset like suit like shirt random words and you create presentations out of thin air mm. and what this does is it helps us understand the following if you can make sense out of nonsense you can make sense out of anything so we don't tell them when they sign up i mean people mm. who, know, who listen to this podcast know but we don't tell them when they sign up that hey you have to do the random word exercise 300 times or i'll fire you mm. We're, we sell them on hey this is what you want and then once they're in then we tell them the cold hard truth, but then they obviously get the result because that's what they actually need. Got it. Very beautiful. Uh, the moment that I research your work, especially about your popular YouTube channel, I know we are speaking the same language, especially when you just mentioned it, uh, this word in this episode, tough love, because you exactly like what you did. You you give your student the gateway uh, to sell them a dream, to give what they want but the truth is really brutal when you actually get right to it and yeah and it, uh, yeah what you just uh, by the way what you just mentioned is uh what you teach in your program is that what you're referring to your warstarcommunicator.com you got it it's like a it's so that rockstarcommunicator.com is like a free training i do that's more fun right it's live mm. it's interactive mm. but you know the reason i'm always on show because i think the mm. mission is important too mm. you know 99 percent of people at the end of the day are probably can't afford my coaching services anymore you know for me the mission behind master talk that's why i started the youtube channel so how how that happened arrow mm. was when i was in college 
when mm. I was at university. I I did a lot of these competitions to get better but, at speaking. Yeah, jump in. May, may, may I talk to you about you a little bit? Because you consider yourself a nerd, and I like nerdy people. Is that the nerdy thing you are doing at this time, and you realize that uh, you have to spin up this YouTube channel? Yeah, please go ahead. Absolutely. Well, repeat that word again. Did you say learner or geeky? I just wanted to hear that uh, word. Nerdy and geeky. Oh, nerdy and geeky. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That was definitely my style. You know, while yeah. other and feel free to interrupt like that. That's fine. Uh, yeah. I like these types of conversations, anyways. Yeah. So, so absolutely, right? In the sense that I, a lot of my the guys my age would play playing sports. You know, like football or cricket or something. I was one of those guys. I was really doing presentations, and the reason was because I didn't have a lot of money. You know, my parents were factory workers. They had minimum wage salaries. I wasn't the poorest person in the world because we were born and raised in Canada. But for me, being successful, I mean, the Asian community, right? It's all about being successful. That's the focus. So for me, I wasn't trying to play games here. I was like, okay, let's do these case competitions. Mm -hmm. But after I got my dream job, I worked at IBM for a few years before I started doing this full time. Mm -hmm. I had the idea for Master Talk, the YouTube channel specifically, because I realized that everything I was teaching the students wasn't available for free on the internet. And that's why I started making videos. It was never to make money. I was just making those videos. But then a few years later, what happened was the YouTube channel just grew that I started getting a bunch of clients. So I had to make a decision and I ended up going full time on this. Oh, so it is total serendipity. You, you, you just want to do a service for the world and then accidentally you, it becomes a business. You got it. And, and don't don't think of it like I'm Jesus or anything. Be the reason it started as a philanthropic project wasn't because I'm some like saint. It was because I was already making money. You know, I was a technology consultant at IBM. You know, it's a six figure mm. salary. Obviously, mm. you work like crazy. You're doing 70, 80 hour work weeks. Mm. But it wasn't. But I had the money. Like at that point, it was so master was just a hobby. I didn't even know you can get paid to be a coach. Because remember, mm. I had spent the ages of 19 to 22 arrow coaching mm. 70, 75 people on communication. But mm. I was just doing that pro bono for the students for free, mm. basically, for the students who were in that program. I just realized later, probably like not even that long ago, maybe three years ago, when I met mm. my business partner, mm. he is the one who said, why don't you coach Asian and South Asian executives in tech? You can charge mm. them thousands of dollars. And I said, oh. Wait, why don't is I it, just do this full time? Is it fancy poly polymelter? Uh, man, you've done your no. homework on me, man. Yeah, you got it. Bomsu was the mm -hmm. was the guy. You got it. He mm -hmm. we met at uh, a, an event in Columbus, Ohio, era mm -hmm. of the United States called mm -hmm. Summit of Greatness. It's Lewis Howes' annual event. It's a podcaster, mm -hmm. and I met him at that event, and he's the one who completely changed my mindset. And he said, "Like, why? Why would you work at IBM when you could be the greatest communication coach that ever lived and mm -hmm. use that information to help the world?" Because every other coach in my industry, don't, don't get me wrong, I make money, I do well for myself. But I think the key is like, even if I do well for myself. Nobody else besides me is sharing this stuff for free. Mm. Like on, like I don't know. Maybe you know other uh, YouTubers who are doing what I'm doing. Mm. But that's the, that's the key, right? And that's really the mission. Oh wow! Is there anything holding you back when you try to jump into it full time? Because you are already making good money from IBM consulting. You are living a comfortable life and also a good life. You are you're clever. Uh, you you. You like, uh, I would like to say, intellectual stimulates game more than just physical sports because you are alert, and uh, it is a compliment. And 
when you met Femsi at the at that point, you said that he changed your mindset. What exactly did he change your mindset? By the way, I just love this intro. This is so good because you're asking me a ton of questions that nobody asks me, which I love. Mm. So I'll, I'll tell you a story that I've never shared before in a podcast. Mm. So it was February of 2020, Arrow. Yep. And I was having lunch with Vamsi in Los Angeles. Mm. And he told me, and this is, I was, I was working at IBM. By the way, I was super happy with my job. I'm not the kind of person who was like, I, I hated tell. my job. I really loved it because mm. consulting was what I always wanted to do with my life. So I was, I was sitting down with Vamsi and he just asked me, what are your dreams? And I said, oh, you know, um, you know, maybe I, you know, Master Talk's going well. And I have like 2000 subscribers or something back then. So like really small, it was a small channel. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I think, I, I think I'll do this full time and like, five years mm. you know i'll work at ibm become an executive because i was pretty fast tracked to becoming one and i was doing well at the company so yeah i'll wait five years i mean because remember arrow before that ibm job i was a broke for the whole my whole life from the ages mm. of zero until mm. like 22 so basically when i started making money at ibm i cleared all of our family debt that was basically the focus because i've been oh. focusing my whole life to get that job so i wasn't gonna quit i was like you're mm. crazy <laughs> and then he looked at me, Aram, and he asked uh -huh. me a very simple question. Mm. He said, Brendan, instead of waiting five years, how do you quit your job in five months? And I thought he was a lunatic. <laughs> I was like, what is uh... wrong with you, man? I just mm. spent five years trying <laughs> to get a $100,000 job, going mm -hmm. to all of these case competitions, doing all of these nerd competitions, networking uh -huh. with the executives, getting this job, and eating lobsters for mm -hmm. lunch that IBM <laughs> is paying me. Uh -huh. And you want me to give that up in five months? He said, yeah, uh -huh. how would you do it in five months? Uh -huh. And then when he said that, I uh -huh. thought about my life, and I realized something important that I think the universe was trying to teach me, is that when you're poor, Arrow, mm -hmm. you think your whole life that money is more important than time. But oh, fuck. Yeah, right? I got you. I got you. Please go ahead. <laughs> you got it, right? I, I love your excitement, but this is great. But you know the real lesson, Arrow? By the way, he's still my coach, but I'd say the biggest lesson is that time is actually way more valuable than money. Because I have, there's some guy named Sean Puri. He calls it, when you're in your 20s, you are a billionaire, but you're not a billionaire of money. You're a billionaire of time, hmm. right? Alex Hormozzi says this best. He's the CEO of Gym Launch. You should look into it. He's a really fascinating guy. He says that when I was 20, all I wanted to do was hmm. to be a millionaire. And when I became a millionaire, all I wanted to do was to go back to my 20s and be poor again. Oh. And when he's... Yeah, and when he said that, I had to make the most difficult shift in my life, Arrow, which wasn't starting the business. I figured that stuff. And we could talk about those challenges, mm -hmm. but the biggest thing I needed to change was my identity. Yes. Because Brendan's identity was never to be an entrepreneur. It was to be an IBM executive, make half a million dollars a year, have a very happy life, very comfortable life, and not change the world. And I had to change that identity. I had to give up the job I'd worked so hard to mm. build something that I think will transform society. And that was the hardest decision I ever made in my life. And obviously I'm thankful for it now, but yeah, that was the shift. 
I can imagine how difficult it is for you to give up that identity because even before IBM, you were uh, working at the front row ventures uh, for the investment team. You you really worked really hard to make it to where you are at now based on that identity. And now, uh, so it is so difficult, but now you are coaching the people uh, just like who you were. They are coming from like IBM, Morgan Stanley, Blue Cross, Deloitte, Verizon, whatever. Basically, they, they want the same thing that you did in the past, but you want to change their identity now because that's what you experienced with Ramsey. How, how did you coach your uh, students? And it would be nice, maybe you can give up uh, some overview how uh, you change them and then the before and after some some sort of thing that before and com uh, after comparison can you tell us a little bit about that absolutely or it's a beautiful question so here's the thing then so there's two types of people right for communication coaching because i always like to tell it straight i never like to say pr things so one of them is the executive who wants to stay in the company and my job frankly is not to change their identity because remember at the end of the day unless it's around communication right yes. obviously we want to change that but not their identity as in you need to quit your job also i don't think most people should do what i did i think okay. most people should stay employees so for those people it's really about changing their identity around communication and showing them that they could be three levels above where they're currently at so, so i'll give an example with my clients mm. right she, so she's a senior executive at ebay let's call her julia and she was like, oh, you know, and she's really high up. She's like the head of design or something for the whole company. And she was like, oh, you know, Brendan, I don't know about my working environment. My boss doesn't treat me well. I don't know what to do. And I just looked at her and I said, you do realize you're the most senior executive at eBay, right? If you called Facebook, Amazon, Google for a job, do you think they would give you a job? She goes, yes and i was like exactly because you are the prize so start acting like the prize so when you act like the prize when you believe that you're worth more and you get multiple offers that's what i told her i told julia I said look mm. if you got two job offers on the table mm. you pick the environment you work in you can demand things that people don't demand which is i want to talk to your leadership team i want to get to know them i'm not going to sign anything until <laughs> i talk to them so that's what that looks like but there's another type of clientele, which is the world changer. So the world changer, which I think ties more into your identity question, mm. is the person who dramatically wants to change the world. They're creating a new type of technology. They want to share a new idea. And my job primarily is to, is to empower them to mm. pursue that. Because the challenge with them is not the quality of their ideas. Yes. It's the quality of what comes out of their mouth. The quality of their communication skills is not matching the quality of the revolutionary ideas that they're sharing. Let me give an example. Mm -hmm. Technology CEO, super introverted, usually Chinese, usually Indian born, right? Typical, very good at product, very good at coding, really good at building the product, terrible at speaking on a stage, mm -hmm. terrible at pitching. Right, because their first language is usually Cantonese, Mandarin, Hindi. It's usually some of those languages. So they're they're challenged with that. So for them, it is a huge shift in identity because they have to go from their whole life being told in engineering school that the only thing that matters is product, 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 coding, 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 to no, no, no. Mm. 
you're not going to be doing any coding. You're going to be inspiring people to work for you. You're going to be getting customers to buy into you. You have to enroll people into your vision. And it's a completely different mindset shift in the way that they're speaking. And the way that we get that result for them is one word. Because I like keeping simple, Arrow. Momentum. Mm-hmm. Momentum, momentum, momentum. So let's say we take the random word exercise. A lot of people, they don't think they can do the exercise. What do you mean, Brendan? I have to take a random word like a spoon and and then I say, do it now. And then they do it. And then they do it 10, 15, 20 times. And I just look at them and I say, didn't you say two weeks ago that you couldn't do it? And they go, oh. And then I ask them this question that I repeat over and over again. What else is possible with your communication skills? And then at some point, they'll answer anything. Uh. Awesome. Actually, it's not not just Chinese or Indian. Even Massacre, the American, uh, back then he was very introvert, and then uh, he found Facebook at the very beginning when he speak uh, at the public. Uh, he is very nerdy and very introvert. But now he's, he's completely changed. I believe that there must be a communication coach behind him, like like you, uh, coaching him along the way. And uh, I want to ask you something about how do you coach maybe massacre <laughs> and uh, behind the scene, do you use some external behavior? Uh, hey, do this and that. It's very, very small things that uh, the mark doesn't know what you are trying to do with him. He just do it. And then, oh, I did it. And Brandon says something. Oh, it reveals some true side of myself about my own identity. I need to change. Is is that your gist of how you your coaching work? I love this. I love that you use Zuckerberg's example. I hundred percent believe he had a communication coach for sure. Because it's mm. really hard to make that identity shift. And he could exactly. obviously afford one. So in his case, it makes sense. Mm. I would say, Arrow, mm. what happens for me is it always goes back to the question that we talked about earlier. How would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? Or for the world changer, how would the world change if you're an exceptional communicator? So in the context of that question, what I like about it is everyone's answer is different. Everyone's Mm. answer is different. So your goal, or the way I do it anyways, is let's say I was coaching you. I would ask you the question, and then you would tell me, okay, I would do this. I want to work. I want to grow my podcast. I'm just using a couple examples. And then I'll say... Okay, this is the goal. This is where you want to be. Now let's look at who has already achieved the goal. Because any goal that you could have in life, somebody else has done it. Hmm. So then I would say, okay, let's say you want to be the next Joe Rogan. Let's Hmm. say, as an example. So Hmm. I say, okay, Joe Rogan. Let's say that person. But here's the question to think about. Not what the download number is. Not the success. How is Joe Rogan communicating? And are we communicating like Joe Rogan? Because that's the person who we're trying to be, right? So I would do the same thing with Zuckerberg. I would make a list of three technology CEOs that he wants, that he admires. And I go, you're looking at their business. You're looking at their processes. You're looking at team management. What about the way that that guy communicates in a keynote? Have you ever thought about that? Because if you don't know how to communicate like Mark Benioff from Salesforce, if you don't know how to communicate like Sundar Pichai from Google, if you don't know how to communicate like that tech CEO, you'll never be that person. So you can't just focus on the bottom line. You also got to focus on, are you, is your communication skill matching the communicator who's already achieved the goal that you're aspiring for? So for me, the secret 
arrow, it always ties in, then I'll give you a silly example to help you understand this, mm. is for Zux, it's really, do you want to connect the world? Well, you better know how to connect with a human being when you're talking to them, because you won't get the best executive. Cheryl's not going to work for you. I mean, she already left the company, but she, she's not going to work for you. She's going to work for Google. She's going to work for somebody else. So you got to know how to inspire her. And by the way, Mark is a great operator, in my opinion. But yeah. the other piece, right, the other piece, because I think he gets a lot of hate for no reason. But anyways, the, the other piece to this is this also works on the seven-year-old kid. So one thing you probably don't know about Miero, because it's not really public, is I spend 10% of my time coaching kids. Oh, really? Right. But I don't do it to make money. I coach mm. my clients as kids. I, we charge them like a little bit. But the reason I do it is to really get better as a facilitator. Where does the fear of communication begin? Because the challenge with kids, Arrow, is they don't want to be there. right? They don't want to be in that class. So part of my coaching is not doing the exercise. That's easy. Like adults, like you're easy to coach. Because it's like, I feel the pain. I need to get better. The kid doesn't want to be there. They want to play video games. So now I have to create an incentive to get them better. So I'll look at the kid and I'll say something like, and there's no coaching because the kid's like, I don't want to get coached. I don't want to do this program. So I always go, no worries, Billy. What do you like to do for fun? That's the question I would ask. Mm. And then Billy would go, I like soccer. I like football. And I mm. go, okay, tell me, Billy. What is the difference between a soccer teammate and a soccer captain? And then the Billy goes, I don't know. I don't know the difference between a soccer captain or teammate. Okay, cool, Billy. So you don't know the difference. But mm. let me ask you a different question. Do you want to be a captain or a teammate? Do you want to be a captain or do you want to be a teammate? And then Billy goes, oh, I want to be a captain. <clears throat> and I go, okay. So the difference is communication, Billy. Because <sighs> the teammate, mm. right? They don't know how to communicate, but the leader. So who do you want to be? And they go, well, I want to be the captain. And I go, well, you better join this program. And he goes, yeah, I got to join this program. I need to get any. And then the other person, it's going to be YouTube. I want to be a YouTuber like you, Brendan. Perfect. Mm. Have you worked on your communication skills? Like Mr. Beast and PewDiePie? No, no, no. Well, you got to work on it. Oh, yeah, you're right. I got to tell my mom. I got to be a part of this. So, yeah, that gives you a little glimpse to my life. Uh, it's brilliant because uh, you're a very good communicator for all age. <laughs> and also, uh, you communicate yourself so explicitly to pull out the people, uh, the best of the other end outside. Uh. And, let me, and let me tell you why mm. I mm. do that. Because mm -hmm. I don't need to help the seven-year-old. Because every mm. other coach in my business, look, it's simple. Let me explain the model, Arrow. Mm. Work with 25 CEOs, charge mm. them $10,000 a year. You'll make 250 grand a year. You're done. Mm. If you're really good at communication coaching, those CEOs just recommend other people. And mm. I've done well, but that's not the game I'm playing. The mm. game I'm playing is that the next Elon Musk is a 15-year-old girl who can't afford me. And when Elon Musk was 15 years old, Arrow, nobody gave a shit about him. Wow. Nobody helped him. Nobody mm. helped with this communication. And I'm just saying, this is nuts. Uh. Like, if somebody helped Elon when he was 15, sure, would he have been successful regardless? Obviously, he's had success. But would it have been easier? Hell yeah. <sighs> so I'm thinking about the next 15-year-old girl that nobody gives a shit about, who's probably some 15-year-old girl in China or Hong Kong or Cambodia. And I'm thinking, mm. what are we doing for her? 
That's why I'm super passionate about this. That's why I take the time to coach the eight-year-olds because it makes my YouTube channel so simple that mm -hmm. even eight-year-olds can watch it, which is the case right now, and it's working. Oh man, where does this obsession comes from? Because you care so much about the future generation, the next generations. Is there something related to uh, you happened in the past? Maybe you know, childhood you wish so bad someone will pull you up because you know you're a caver, but you just lead someone to coach you or, or something like that. Can you share? Of course, of course, sir. I'm happy to. Yeah, man. I, I think for me, you know what I always like to say? To mm. Let me use Tony Robbins here to explain this a little bit. So mm. Tony Robbins says the quality of our life, mm. right? The quality of our life is solely based on the quality of the questions that we dare to ask ourselves about life. Mm. My version of this, which is a bit different, is if you ask yourself a hard question about life every day for 30 days, <laughs> you'll never be the same ever again. Mm. You'll never be the same ever again. So I'll give you a few examples of crazy questions that I ask people. If I gave you a billion dollars, what would you do with your time? And this question really, let me repeat it again. If I gave you a billion dollars, not a million, uh, with a B, I gave you, I made you a billionaire overnight. What would you do with your time? And the reason this messes people up, Arrow, is because they, because they're all of our brains right now are wired for retirement. Get mm. a good job, retire at sixty-five. But this question goes, oh wait, uh, uh, they always answer travel for some reason, <laughs> and I always respond with, okay, what are you going to do, Arrow? Are you going to travel for seven years and then die? They go, oh, uh, I don't know. No one's thought about the question. So that's one example. Another example that I love is if you could only accomplish three things before you die, what would you want those three things to be and why? Only three things, nothing else. So this really gets people razor focused. Shit, I only get to do three things? And then you focus on what's actually important. But anyways, the reason I tell you this story, Arrow, is when I asked myself these questions, I realized very quickly a few things. One, there was no amount of money that was going to buy me happiness. Mm. You know, a lot of people say that as a cliche. Look, I'm not rich, okay? I'm not making a crap ton of money. I'm making, well, like, you know, 100K, whatever. I'm making well enough where, like, I don't have to die anymore. Mm. So, and I still live with my mother's basement. I still live with her, right? I don't drive my car. We have a very modest $5,000, $10,000 car that we bought used. Like, it's not, we don't live a very lavish life. And I'm a super happy guy. So I realized, <laughs> right? I realized that, look, Okay, sure. Am I going to make more money in life? Absolutely. It's just the nature of my industry. But that wasn't going to make me happy. So I said to myself, if time is the most important asset and time is running out for all of us, mm. and we don't know how much time we have, it could be five years, 10 years, 15 years, 50, I don't know. What would I regret not doing? Mm. And this goes back to the legacy part, the value, the the why we're here. I honestly believe, Arrow, that mm. life has no meaning. I don't think life has a meaning. But I think life has a meaning that you get to choose for yourself. And I think for me, the meaning that I've chose is, look, I think I've been called to help humanity with communication. Because at the end of the day, I need to find something to believe in. And the way, the thing that I believe in, which is the same thing as Elon, is mm. let's just advance the human race. We don't mm. know why we're here. We don't know what we're about. I don't think life has a meaning. So the only meaning I'll give it is let's just all be one human race and live better together. So with that in mind, 
what was my unique gift? And I never <laughs> thought I had one. But when I realized that communication was that thing, I could really drive it forward. So yeah, some of it has to do with childhood. Sure, my mom was a really nice person and she taught me to be generous. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more about it's just the right thing to do. And it mm -hmm. also gives my life purpose selfishly. Right? Mm -hmm. Because if it wasn't for Master Talk, who would I be, right? I would just be some guy who works at IBM. So it's selfish to me too. It helps me create my own identity of who I could be. Does that help? Does that answer the question? Of course, it's inspiring and uh, I like your obsession. Uh, I think to end this episode, just imagine this episode is a TED talk. Uh, what is the last message uh, for you, Brandon, to let our audience know you, what is your mission and what should be their mission? Uh, anything that you want to say to the audiences? For sure, this is super fun. I'll, I'll tell you a little story, okay? We'll tell mm. you a little story about how about the mission behind what I do. So I was watching a TikTok the other day, Arrow, mm. and the TikTok had Taylor Swift in it, you know, the, the musician. Yeah. And the TikTok was about how she won this award in 2014 called Woman of the Year okay, by Billboard. It's like a music company. Mm. And she stands up on that podium Mm. And she looks at the crowd and she says the following, your next woman of the year, mm. right? your next woman of the year is 11 years old right now. Mm. She's in a choir. She's learning to play piano and we need to take care of her. And then what happens is the TikTok flips. So it changes oh. and it's seven years later. And Billie Eilish wins Women, Women of the Year by Billboard. She's like 17 years old. She's the one of the most successful artists on the planet right now. She gets up on that stage, Arrow. She's got her big bulky jacket, her yeah. big glasses. And she's like, what's up, guys? Oh, man, I'm so excited to be here. And then she ends her speech with, when I was 11 years old, I watched Taylor Swift's speech. And I was learning to play piano the first time. I was just getting into choir, I had big dreams to be a singer. So the only thing I have left to say, Billboard, is thank you for taking care of me. And then she walks off the stage. And when I heard that story, it shocked me because I thought about the next Elon Musk that we weren't taking care of. And that's what really drove me and helped me get my purpose. So what's my final word? My final word is this, Arrow. Be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you want to do something special with your life, important, you need to realize that successful people are crazy. Don't you find it odd that a 22-year-old kid started a YouTube channel, not on pranks, not on music videos, not on skits, but on public speaking and communication. And then he went to coach executives on how to speak at 23, even if they're double his age, yet he still lives in his mother's basement. He karaoke's in eight different languages. He dances alone in that basement an hour a day. And I'm also in the 0.5, not the five, I'm in the 0.5% of all listeners on Spotify for Justin Bieber. How does any of this make any sense at all, Aaron? And that, my friend, is the point. When every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that it should, which is you, you'll be successful. So be insane or be the same would be my final thought. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. And I would like to add some observation to it is uh, look at Brandon. He's super happy. 
uh, he doesn't care uh, what you think of him, but he's the role model for you to learn from because he has a mission and the confidence that he has, the absolute confidence he had, the, that he has when his students comes to his programs that wants to earn comes from the obsession and his the mission that he has. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I hope I would uh, I can summarize well for the final word that you gave our audiences. Thank you so much, Brandon. Uh, it is a very great episode. Thank you, Errol. This is such a pleasure. This is one of my favorite interviews. So thank you so much. I really appreciate. It. I would take that as a compliment. So. Uh, I hope you learned something, audiences. Uh, until next time.